There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, neither do I. Tune into the Power Chord Hour right here on 107.9 WRFA and on the Power Chord Hour podcast. Today, it is a total honor on this episode. I'm talking to one of the most important songwriters of the 20th century, Mr. Don McLean. And Don's massive hit, which even that's probably an understatement, American Pie, has inspired a brand new children's book. It is called American Pie, A Fable. And on top of the new book, Don is touring all over the world this year. And if you're in the Jamestown listening area, he'll be playing Hammond Sport, New York on July 30th, right up the road. So let's get into books, music, and all of that with an absolute legend. Don, how are you today? Well, I'm just fine. I'm feeling good and uh, looking forward to uh, doing more shows. Nice. I, uh, you know, I want to get into the shows and all that. And I mean, real quick, or not real quick, we'll get into it. But I want to talk about the book as well. You know, how did this? It's a. It's for those who don't know. It's this. Uh, I got a chance to look through it. This amazing book inspired by American Pie. And I mean, where did this uh, come from? When did the ball start rolling with this? When did the uh, book start, like, you know, coming together? Um, this was the brainchild of Spencer Proffer, who came into my life about two years ago. And we told him, my manager and I, and some people in Nashville that I work with, that we were uh, going to celebrate this 50th anniversary. And he loved the idea. And he's a fellow with a lot of connections and a lot of important uh, associations. He's a, a film producer and a record producer, and um, he, we signed him up uh, and we signed agreements in order to do a children's book, a Broadway show, and a documentary movie. Well, the children's book is now out all over the world, and uh, his wife uh, was brilliant at or doing this. Her name is uh, Judy Proffer, and uh, she got it all together. And we did the book, and it was based really on my childhood, as well as bits and pieces of the song um, American Pie, but it really isn't directly associated with the song, but it's in a tangent way it is. And so that was wonderful. And now we're going to make another one uh, called Vincent. Oh, nice. Uh, Yeah, which is going to follow this one. And there'll be others uh, down the road. So because she's already got this Vincent one done. They're just doing the artwork now. So there was that. And then we have a documentary movie, The Day the Music Died, the story of Don McLean's American Pie. Nice. And uh, that's going to be an hour and a half uh, movie by a man named Mark Mormon, who's done a beautiful, sensitive job of really doing a movie about the song. That the American Troubadour uh, documentary on PBS two years ago was about me, my life, my songs, and so on. This is strictly about the song American Pie. And at some point in the movie, I <clears throat> take up my guitar and I talk about every word of that song. Wow. You know, how, how I wrote it, why I wrote it. Some of it is just nonsense I threw in there, and some <laughs> of it isn't. Um, some of it is... Uh, you'll see when you see it. But uh, I knew people wanted that, so I said, well, let's do it. So, 
You have a lot. You have a lot coming. I mean, you have a lot right now already, and I know you've already been touring a lot of the year. And you got the. Uh, by the time people hear this, the book will be out and everything. So, I mean, you are uh, you are a busy man. You know, and going going with the book. You know, uh, the the child in the book or the boy is gifted a guitar, and you know, like we were just talking about, like you said, it draws inspiration from your childhood and everything. Was guitar your very first instrument? Guitar was a dream to me and by that i mean uh i started we had a i had a there's a it was a man that lived behind us he and his wife marguerite and george andrews and george was kind of a holdover this was the 1950s he was kind of a holdover from the the roaring 20s you know and he had a a beautiful uh ukulele and he could play it and he could sing these songs and he would come over to our house and he would <clears throat> sing songs on the ukulele and he fascinated me and i thought to myself as a as a kid now i'm probably only nine or ten i thought well maybe i could you know play that because it's only got four strings and and he showed me a couple of chords on the ukulele and that was the first instrument that i started to play on and that's by the way going to be auctioned uh, they're going to do a big auction next summer, uh, Julian's Auction House, and I have that 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 uh, ukulele that I, wow, I have. You still have baby. that? I have it. Yeah, and it's going to be auctioned. And um, so, you know, I began to suddenly uh, all around me were guitars and banjos because there was rock and roll everywhere, and there was folk music everywhere, and so everybody was starting to make their own music and uh so it was a lot easier to get a guitar and learn two or three chords and then to be able to sing don't be cruel or or this land is your land you know because they're all sort of similar there were simple simple folk type melodies even elvis always sang these kinds of songs so and ricky nelson and then the everly brothers they were all basically uh, country oriented especially the everly brothers and elvis so it was all one big musical thing where people started making music together and um, i drifted into playing the guitar and then it was amazing because there was always one new thing after another a new lick a new song a new chord uh, you know it was so exciting you know and pretty soon i had a i was pretty good i would practice you know all the time and i i would listen to records and i would learn the parts that were played and you know try to watch them on tv if they came along you couldn't really find anything in those days you had to wait for somebody to be on television uh to see how they, they did something and you only had a second to watch and you had to remember it so it was all very exciting and uh, right at that time this whole thing with coffee houses sort of fell right in my lap. I was 14 years old or whatever, and suddenly there were, you know, little coffee houses and little concerts and little festivals and everything. And they wanted people just like me, you know, to come and and, and sing a few songs who could play guitar. And, and so I started working, you know, and uh, then I graduated to going into the, the village and I had a manager and 
you had pictures taken and biography written and all this stuff. And <laughs> one step into the deep water, you know, and pretty soon I was up to my neck in show business. Now, now at like 14, when you're in those coffee houses, are you yeah. generally, are you like playing covers and stuff? Or by that time, are you already writing originals and like kind of getting into songwriting? I wasn't, I wasn't writing originals, but I was a hell of a banjo picker. And, nice. uh, and I was a real good guitar picker. And I was working out arrangements of folk songs and pop songs and songs that I heard, you know, and I would do them my way, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I basically started working on my act when I was 15. Wow. And I'm still working on it. <laughs> now you... It's uh, really true. I'm, I'm not kidding. I've been 60 years I have worked on this act. That's impressive. I and actually I like that too because I I wonder that when you're when you're doing something, I mean like music for you for so long, I feel like you got to keep it fresh, right? I mean, you got to do something like that if you're learning, progressing, whatever. I mean, you got to do something to keep that, you know, to well, keep that fresh. Well, you you know, you have to do it yourself. Uh and the way you have to do it is you have to do new things. You have to challenge yourself. Um and you learn to to be on the high wire without a net because there's you know i don't have monitors with the the words on them or anything i mean i i you have to use my mind i have to be prepared for anything and therefore one of the things you have to do is you have to work a lot so i basically never stopped working you know i worked for 50 years until that pandemic took a couple of years away and now i'm back doing it all the time again because you have to you know, you, 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 you just get ready for anything when you're when you're working a lot, you know, and uh, anything can happen uh, in the hall, outside of the hall, backstage, whatever. Who knows? You know, yeah. I mean, we had um, we were there this weekend. There was a fire that broke out backstage. Ooh. We had to worry about that. That got taken care of. The show went on. We had a, uh, a tornado that passed over the 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 hall in St. Louis and we had Ooh. to delay the sound check and it flooded everywhere and blew the crap out of St. Louis. And so, you know, <laughs> yikes. Yeah. We're right there. <laughs> still touring still sounds pretty uh, exciting. <laughs> well, traveling and, and rambling is exciting, especially, you know, when you're, you're, um, you're going everywhere, you know, you play the, the tent shows and you play the, the big festivals and you play the little festivals and you play the theaters and you know you just you really get to see main street america uh like i've seen it like nobody else oh i love you that I... you really see it it and it's had the it's had the crap knocked out of it by these big box stores and and there's a lot of empty storefronts in a lot of cities now you know it's a lot of uh um we don't need to do a lot of building. We need to occupy all the empty places that there are now. Yeah, you're not kidding. No, I'm a I'm a big. I I love the road trip. I love uh, the back roads going Main Street and stuff like that. And yeah, you're you're right. You kind of see it throughout the years. You lose a lot of that. Like I don't know the cool the cool stuff that gives these places charm. You know, you kind of lose that <coughs> charm of it. A uh, one. You know, I I did want to ask too. While we're talking about touring. Uh, earlier this year, you did play Surf Ballroom in Clear Lake, Iowa, um, and on February 3rd, I mean, the, the anniversary of the day the music died, 
what is that like playing on? I mean, obvious, obviously the connection of American Pie and everything. What's it like performing on that stage? Like the same one, you know, last stage that Buddy Holly and Richie Valens and Big Bopper were on. I mean, is it different at all when you're playing a show in a, you know, in a place like that? Well, I've played Royal Albert Hall and Festival Hall and now Carnegie Hall. And, you know, I've been, I've been on a lot of uh, uh, stages that had a lot of very important people who were on them. And, uh, but in this particular case, um, I loved those three performers. I loved Buddy Holly very much. And um, so it was just an honor to go there and, um, and perform for those people. And, uh, and, and at that moment, and it's in the movie. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I, I, I met with, uh, the little sister of Richie Valens, who was only about four or five years old when her brother was killed. Oh, wow. And she tells a very poignant uh, story about, uh, you know, in those days, they didn't... Uh, my cousin Gregory, he's, he's 80 years old now, he's a doctor. He lost his mother when he was 12. And he came home and a, a kid from up the block said, hey, your mother died. Oh, jeez. That's how he found out. Oh. Well, the same thing happened to Richie Valens' uh, little sister. Somebody said, "Well, your 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 brother's dead." Oh my God! That's kind of thing, you know. Yikes! Yeah. And so she came into her mother, who was, you know, obviously very loving and loved. But the, the image I had her talk about about home life and and Richie Valens' mother, and she would buy his clothes for him, and he wouldn't even go to a clothing store when he was on the road. Mother had to buy his clothes for him. <laughs> So he was a little boy, really, only 17, you know. Wow. And uh, she just cried, and they cried together, and uh, they were very close. And uh, basically, they never got over it, you know. They never got over it. So she came and told me all about it. And um, and this is the thing. I think that American Pie has that sense of loss, in it that we really do never get over these things you know we put them down under and we we soldier on as we get older we have more and more of these things was the uh was the going back real quick to the surf ballroom i mean was that the first time you ever played there i'd assume throughout the years that this year was not that's the second time i played there the time before i think was 1997 and I don't exactly know why that was, but it was some sort of an event, and I did that. But I, this one was important, and I and I really wanted to do it. You got you got a lot on your again. You got a lot on your plate. You got lots. Uh, you got lots going on right now. Besides, uh, you know, besides just uh, playing shows and everything, it, it's nice. It's a good year. I feel like it for, really uh, is nice. It's very nice. You know, it's uh, and I'm very thankful. Uh, to be 76 years old and to know exactly where I'll be for the next two years at least. And you're still doing, which I, I love that too. I mean, the other, I, I mean, again, you know, uh, American Pie, I, I was even thinking about it earlier and it's like, you know, it's one thing to have a popular song in an era, but if the fact that you have a song 50 years later that I would say even like any generation, like any age would know, that's not something you would find from it. You can't, you can't ask somebody who's like, say, 18, like a lot of songs you could you could tell, you know, ask them about from like 71 or whatever. They're not going to know it. They're probably going to know American Pie, which is not something you just get with, uh, you know, with every song, which, 
is quite amazing. I mean, is there, I, I know you don't, you know, there, you can't tell why a song is as big as it is or why it got big, but is there anything you credit for the longevity of it? Why it's, why it's not just, you know, a song that hit the charts and then just disappeared a few years later. Is there anything you can credit to that? I think people, well, there's a lot of, a lot of reasons. Um, and yet I don't understand why you can give a lot of reasons, but it doesn't really add up to why, you know what I mean? Yeah. One of the things that I think matters though, is I think that, uh, parents would play it for their children and then they've grown up and their children have played it for their children and little children like to go to sleep with it. And then as they grow up, they learn what it means and they start to ask questions about politics and America and rock and roll and buddy Holly and all this stuff. So it's, it's been a constant reminder of, uh, of the country, you know, uh, on a musical level and also a, a political level. And that's what's going to be so nice about this movie <clears throat> is that it's going to put you right there as if you're on my back or if you're, you're you know, you're a little, a little squirrel sitting on my shoulder, <laughs> you know, and watching my life happen. You know, and, and then watching this song get written and watch what it does uh, through the years afterwards. It's, it's very well done and uh, it, a very difficult thing to do what he did, because anybody can write a song about an artist or I mean to make a movie about an artist. You know, you go to A to B to C, you know what I mean? Yeah. But this is different. This is showing the underground long, long gestation period before the song emerged and then all the things that it's done afterwards, the way it's affected people and communities and different countries, people in different countries uh, all around the world. So it's a, quite a good a good job that Mark Mormon did. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited for the documentary and everything. Uh, You'll not- enjoy it. You'll enjoy it. I've seen it two or three times. And usually I don't like to watch something more than once that I'm involved with because I don't really do that. But. I remember it. It comes back to me in my head, and I remember seeing things. That's a good sign, you know. It's it's something you'll want to see again. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean, again, and Don, I know you. Uh, I know you're super busy today doing press, so we'll let you go here. But again, like, I mean, you got you got the new book, American Pie: A Fable. You're touring all around this year. We got a documentary coming. We got another book coming. There is there's so much Don McLean stuff to check out. So I mean, is there is there anything I uh, missed that we should tell people before i uh, let you go well all you have to do is is every now and then uh, google me and uh if you want you can go to the youtube website just go don mclean youtube website and you'll go there and you know there are all sorts of (laughs) interviews and podcasts and i even did a video about how i play the guitar and sing with it which I thought was nice. And another one uh, I did for the Martin guitar people where I just kind of talked a little bit about the guitar and sang. I I played Martin guitars all my life and uh, I played a beautiful D28 on that particular video. And, uh, you know, I do it on the phone, you know, and you can just uh, hear. I, I like to hear musicians talk in a way that isn't like a teacher, you know, it's more like a feel thing, you know, um, talk about the instrument and, and how it 
has to breathe and how the music has to get out of the instrument, just like the singing has to get out of your your chest and out of your out of your body. So much of what I see with young people is the guitar is small and the voice is small and it's all in. They're not getting it out. And one of the things that happens when you work for decades is you develop a projection which if you if you do it in a, in a strictly acoustic way which is what i do it becomes almost like an opera singer i mean even when you're singing you know quietly you're still projecting like crazy um and it's it's an art form and i don't think most young men and women who want to be singer songwriters and who play the acoustic guitar have a clue about that so uh start their minds thinking in a new direction that's all it takes because people want to think about new things they want to learn stuff and they just have to be told some things and then they can start you see everything in a new way yeah well dynamics too like i feel like that like you're talking about like could like that the uh you know balancing your voice and guitar and making something you know making that full sound you know working working them together yeah you should if you get it if you get a chance you go to my youtube scroll down and you'll see me i'm wearing a sort of a striped cowboy shirt and sitting on the sofa and it's tips and watch it you'll get a kick out of it you'll like it i'm gonna check this out everybody uh go check this out grab the book get ready for more and uh don this has been great you've been listening to me talk to don mcclain right here on the power chord hour a long long time ago I can still remember how that music used to make me smile And I knew if I had my chance That I could make those people dance And maybe they'd be happy for a while But February made me shiver With every paper I'd deliver Bad news on the doorstep I couldn't take one more step I can't remember if I cried When I read about his widowed bride But something touched me deep inside The day the music died So bye-bye, Miss American Pie Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry And them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye Singing, this'll be the day that I die This'll be the day that I die Did you write the book of love and do you have
my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye and singing, This'll be the day that I die. This'll be the day that I die. Now for ten years we've been on our own, and moss grows fat on a rolling stone, but that's not how it used to be. When the jester sang for the king and queen in a coat he borrowed from James Dean and a voice that came from you and me. Oh, and while the king was looking down, the jester stole his thorny crown. The courtroom was adjourned.
met a girl who sang the blues And I asked her for some happy news But she just smiled and turned away I went down to the sacred store Where I'd heard the music years before But the man there said the music wouldn't play And in the streets the children screamed The lovers cried and the poets dreamed But not a word was spoken The church bells all were broken And the three men I admire most The Father, Son and the Holy Ghost They caught the last train for the coast The day the music died And they were singing Bye-bye, Miss American Pie Drove my Chevy to the levee But the levee was dry And them good old boys Were drinking whiskey and rye Singing, this'll be the day that I die This'll be the day that I die They were singing Bye-bye, Miss American Pie Drove my Chevy to the levee But the levee was dry Them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye Singing, this'll be the day that I die 